Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, happy Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and in Hattiesburg. And we're glad you're with us on the Super Talk Radio Network this afternoon or online, wherever you may be tuned in. Welcome to another edition of the show. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of Southern Miss and, of course, this program and a great place to contact uh, to cater your first tailgate uh, when the home season arrives here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, they can fix you up. Justin and his crew do a fantastic job, and the food is always delicious. Patrick McGee returns to the program today, now with the Times Picayune in New Orleans. Patrick will be calling us uh, from the Big Easy later in the show. Also, we'll be talking to uh, Kelly Sander a little later as well. But first, we want to get back to uh, what's on everybody's mind. That's the opening football game. Now, just a couple of days away with the University of South Alabama. J.D. Byers does a lot of play-by-play for South Al. He'll be doing the ESPN uh, TV or streaming broadcast uh, Saturday night. Uh, J.D., we're glad to have you on the show, and uh, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Oh, I, I have looked forward to it all week. So, um, you know, I know it was unfortunate we couldn't hook up on Monday, but you guys serving in the best public interest and concern at, a, at such a crucial time with a hurricane, I'm glad we were able to do it uh, in the second half of the week. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the city here is abuzz uh, with excitement about the opening game, and there's so many connections, uh, you know, with your head coach being a former Southern Miss player. Uh, it's, it's such a fascinating matchup. Uh, what do you anticipate Saturday night? What are the Golden Eagles faced with uh, with this new Jaguar football team, J.D.? Uh, well, if I can back up, I'll, I'll tell you a, a common thread between me and your new head coach. Uh, we both played at the same university. Uh, we both played football at North Alabama, and I actually called and did play-by-play on the radio network for UNA when Will Hall was the quarterback and won the Harlan Hill Trophy. Right? And, uh, we've stayed in close contact, and I've known since he left that program – following in his dad's footsteps of football coaching that he, he was going to, he had the stuff. And, um, you know, we were running the zone read up there uh, under Mark Hudspeth before the zone read was something big. Cause you know, I remember seeing it for the first time and I've watched a ton of college football and I saw it at practice and I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> those zone read handoffs look really unusual the first time I saw it, but you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what Will Hall puts on the field. I'm really interested. I know the Jags, Looking forward to see what kind of defense we get out of Southern Miss. Was talking on the radio show we do with Kane Womack, the Jags' first-year head coach, and and he actually voiced. We don't know what to expect on defense. It's the first-time defensive coordinator, and he made a funny comment. He said because their staff too is very young, maybe the best way would be to try to hack the Madden account of your defensive coordinator and see what his favorite defenses were on the video game. And they were unsuccessful. Right. Unsuccessful, huh? Uh, what are you expecting out of this new Jaguar football team? How will it differ from the team we saw last year, J.D.? Um, you know, by the rest of the season, you know, I think a lot of what Southern Miss saw offensively 
was a reactionary thing, but then all of a sudden we became very vanilla, where everything you saw at Southern Miss, you saw over and over and over, and there wasn't a lot of window dressing. There wasn't a lot of, you know, uh, variety on the play calling or the formations, especially depending on hash mark, middle of the field, plus, minus territory. You kind of, what you saw is what you got. I think with Major Applewhite, it's going to be a, a lot harder to react uh, because after the win against Southern Miss last year, uh, and a couple of more games in, every team in America knew exactly what we were going to do. And uh, I talked to some of the guys in the in the receiving core, and they said, you know, you come up to the line, and they were calling our plays and telling the guys on the secondary from the sideline, shouting exactly what coverage is, and they had it right every time. So I think you'll see much more multiple, uh, a little harder to predict, perhaps more motion by the receivers or, or out of the backfield and breaking formations. With uh, Jake Bentley at quarterback, I think it's going to be a very calm collective business-like approach even though he's a first-year quarterback for the Jags he's uh, not in his first rodeo after his time at Southern uh, South Carolina and then Utah uh, playing out there collegiately and and watching him in practice he just seems to be that cool customer Uh, he's got very good command and control of the offense and it's going to be interesting to see from the offensive side how that all looks in the debut in the regular season. Luke? J.D., I just want to let you know, Bob has great respect for you from the South Alabama baseball um, broadcast, and we're just thankful we're not playing South Alabama in baseball this That's week, okay? Exactly so let's just right. go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> That's right. That was weird, though, how and, and Southern Miss goes on to have just this really great season. It's, it's hard to predict how either program's going to do the second half of the season based on their non-conference schedule. Right. <laughs> Against each other. Well, it was uh, y'all. Y'all threw your midweek against his first game. Then he turned out to be like your Friday night stud the rest of the year. So uh, anyway, that's just the way it. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Let's let's talk about the receivers you mentioned because, from a Southern Miss perspective, we're looking at the two guys that burned us the most last year, Jalen Talbert and uh, Jalen Wayne. Uh, they're back, and they, they scorched Southern Miss for 270 yards last year in, in that opening uh, win in Hattiesburg, and they're going to be facing, again, to, to Coach uh, Womack's point, we don't know what Austin Armstrong is going to throw out there from a defensive point, but it's the same secondary, and I know Talbert and, and Wayne got to be licking their chops uh, uh, thinking about what happened last September. Well, yeah, uh, a lot of veteran guys, though, now, after seeing a or live bullets. Uh, is, it, is it Eric Scott who had to Alabama? Yep. Uh, you know, he, he's right back there and he ended up having a good season even after that game. Uh, you know, Tolbert is who Tolbert is, though, and he's, I, I, I don't want to be just the mouthpiece and try to be the PR guy that's glorifying Graham, but man, the dude's good. He's on some preseason first team All American list. He's on several publications as a top 10 receiver in the country. Uh, he just has those go-get-it ball-playing skills and has a high-point touch about him. Uh, he'll outleap defenders, has a really good eye. Jalen Wayne has size and a good route runner. And it's kind of odd because, you know, Tolbert could have went ahead and left last year. He, he had what it took to go ahead and be in the draft because he overshadowed the number two receiver uh, by a pretty considerable stretch as far as Passes caught, pass yards after catch, breaking tackles and total touchdowns. But Kawan Baker still gets drafted. He's in the seventh round, New Orleans Saints. He did get waived yesterday. But uh, I think his stock can go up, and it'll be interesting to see not only what he does Saturday, but the year, and then 
you know, just fingers crossed that uh, it's a healthy year and he goes high in the draft come next season, uh, next spring. Um, a lot of Southern Miss fans uh, kept an eye on Indiana last year simply because, uh, you know, Kane Womack is a Golden Eagle and his dad coached here so long and kind of the, uh, the speed and intensity of the defense he brings, it reminds Southern Miss fans of the, the old school John Thompson, Dave Womack, Tyrone Nick's defenses. And so what is the buzz been around? What's, you know, what is, uh, what is the reaction been to, to Kane's energy and his personality among the South Alabama fan base? You know, given his youth, uh, you know, he's not an immature guy, but he's a relatable guy to the players. Uh, he does like to ignite the community. He likes to speak. He likes to get the message out there. But he's also a very efficient coach, uh, almost to the point of being like a beautiful mind like that movie. Uh, so he's very organized. Uh, he wants every minute of his day efficient, not like every half hour, every five minutes. And he stays on that schedule. And he demands the same of the players, but he wants them to have fun while they do it. Take care of your academics. But by golly, when you get here, let's focus on the schedule, what we're going to do in each uh, you know, drill or team period. And when it's time to watch film, let's watch film. When it's time to lift weights, pump some iron. But then go be a student. And so, you know, he, he's a relatable guy from the players so that he's not so far out of reach age-wise. I'm not saying old coaches can't get it done. Look in Tuscaloosa. Uh, look at – a former assistant at Mississippi State, in fact, who cut his teeth in Hattiesburg, Matt Brown. He's, he's still got it going. But uh, I, I think there is some advantage in being a little closer in age to your players and understanding what motivates them, what uh, they find enjoyable, and how to maximize the return and the effort while getting great focus out of your players like Kane Womack does. Hmm. I'll tell you what, J.D., if you get a few minutes, we're about out of time in this segment. I'd like to hold you over because we want to talk about your new facility and what people can expect from an atmosphere standpoint, parking, all sure. that kind of information. Uh, we, we do have 30 seconds left bef- before we let you go, though. Is, is the excitement that we feel here in Hattiesburg the same uh, on your campus with your new coaching staff? You know, it is. Um... But it's like you just mentioned about facilities. There's also still that appeal of getting to a full-capacity atmosphere inside a new stadium because the newness really in the, the sizzle of that hasn't worn off. We only got to sit, put 6,000 in there. So people right. still want to get the atmosphere and the experience of being in a full stadium with the band and a really good visiting crowd because I think there's a lot of expectation that – the Southern Miss ran through their allotment and have already bought more tickets, and that's good news. All right, we're going to talk more about that with J.D. Byers, a play-by-play voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. Well, we're two days away from the opening of football season, a little more than two, actually. I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, we're looking forward to it. And apparently they are, too, in Mobile. More with J.D. right after this. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And this segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They're on Hardy Street. They're right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. Of course, 
And uh, they've got a great selection of fall football apparel. You can also shop them online at campusbookmark.net and uh, have your selection delivered right to your front door. All right, J.D. Byers is the play-by-play voice of South Alabama, where countdown is really underway now. We're just a little more than two days away from the opening of football season. Uh, J.D., before we went to the break, you were talking about last year, and, and like here, you know, South Alabama really didn't get to enjoy a football atmosphere. It's hard to have much atmosphere, you know, where they won't let but a thousand people in the stands. But we understand there are no limitations to outdoor sporting events uh, in the state of Alabama now. Uh, so this has got to be a big night for South Al fans because you've got a new stadium, and this is really, am I right, the first time you can really, uh, really put on the, a full a full tilt show. Yeah, and, and the, the good point as well is is tailgating. We there was no tailgating, and there was all that effort to create really quality green space. We sold out rather quickly all of the RV spaces, uh, but the corporate tailgates. I think the uh, Southern Miss alumni has bought one of the uh, a pretty good sized one as well near the stadium. We got them in close proximity, closer than it uh, was originally anticipated, to, to try to help that group that's coming over. Uh, so, so outside pregame, but also you know across college football, and we had good news today that helped when Auburn finally received uh, or or released their game day policies is the ban on the field. Because last year we had banned but a scaled down version, only half of it in the end zone, which is actually supposed to be a social area anyway. They didn't even sit in their regular spot. But that pregame ban uh, entry and show is is just very unique to college football and the pageantry, and, and that just sets the tone for the game. Auburn came out and said, "Yeah, we're going to do that. They're going to do tiger walks. They're going to let the eagle fly." I only say that because we're a medical school, kind of like UAB, uh, but on the coast, and I, you know, just like the shoe was going to drop that we're going to get to a point and we're going to get the information hey we're good we're going to have the game it's going to be full capacity but and then you know you may get information about proof of vaccination or you must wear a mask or Mm -hmm. uh you've got to you know do all these things as of right now that's not the case uh and i think the news from auburn helps not that we follow them because we are a medical school but you know you kind of want somebody else to make that decision first on a larger scale and that's the way it is right now, and I think we all anticipate a really good day. And uh, hopefully the, the worst of the weather and Ida and the rain is gone for a while. Right. What what size crowd do you expect, and, and can you give us any insight in, into how many tickets you believe Southern Miss fans purchased? I'm trying to remember what the allotment was. I want to say it was originally 1,800 or 2,000, and then more were sent because I think you ran through that really quick. Uh, I think we – just because it's the first opportunity to be capacity, but also because of the nature of the opener being uh, the first game of the season, but also the opponent. The fact that you know these two programs have waited and waited and just rejoiced when the agreement was finally inked that these two were at least going to play a home-and-home home and for this one to become a Mobile and finally happening. Jags have had some good opponents coming to Mobile, but those had all been at Ladd Stadium, Oklahoma State, Miss, uh, Mississippi State. Uh, you know, uh, NC State, Navy, et cetera. But, you know, th- these are neighbors. There's stuff on the line. There's recruiting territory. Uh, you know, there, there's bragging rights because, you know, the fan bases kind of spill over, especially as you get closer to the coast from Biloxi uh, down I-10 east. So, you know, I, I think there's storylines that make this game very interesting, but also uh, the fact that it, it's a chance for everybody to get back 
kind of or almost as close as we could at this point with this Delta variant still rearing its ugly head to back to normal as, as close as we knew it to a college football game. Well, I, I'm a proponent of the schools getting together and making this the annual opening game. Home and home, annual opener, 90 miles apart. Both fan bases can be a big part of the opening football game every year. Uh, we're going we're gonna to push that up here, not that anyone listens to us, but uh, maybe you could put that bug uh, in someone's ear down there. All right, Luke, back uh, in the conversation with J.D. J.D., let's, let's talk about the coaches for a minute because there was uh, everybody in Hattiesburg on, on board with Will Hall. Great, love the hire. People love the hire. But Kane Womack's name was kind of thrown in there. And so, uh, you know, when you talk about the recruiting aspect, because South Alabama has now – has now has significant influence in somewhere where Southern Miss probably 15 years ago could go into Mobile if, and get you know whoever didn't go to to Alabama and Auburn. Southern Miss had a great shot at getting that. How much pressure yeah. do you think? And, and from the South Alabama side, how much pressure do you think is on Kane Womack to win this game? Uh, versus uh, you know just in his first season, but his first game. And how much from the South Alabama side do you think there's pressure on Will Hall to win this game? It's a really good question. I'm not sure if there's a clear answer. You want to win it when it's at your place, but if we wanted to extend and and do what you guys just mentioned of making this a a yearly thing, you know, uh, each you know if you split the first two and each one on the other guy's turf, maybe that builds a storyline and compels the programs to to sign something multi year long term for a uh, cross conference rivalry. But I think. I said this the other day. We do a morning show across the state of Alabama. It's called the Press Box, and we were talking about how it often is kind of trite in that people say, there's recruiting wars on the line. Yeah, kind of, except one's going to be your cup of tea or the coaching staff or the style of offense they play or if they're in a 4-2, that you know that is going to impact whether or not you fit that pro. But also facilities these days with these kids play a very big role. South Alabama's not lit it on fire and haven't been to a bowl game uh, for quite some time. We've been to two in our infancy, but it's it's been a drought. But yet they're still getting t- talent and appear to be going in the right direction. So I don't think it's a, a must-win necessarily for Tony Pecoraro. I do think as passionate and with the expectations on a rich tradition at Southern Miss, there's probably more pressure on Will Hall just because of what uh, Southern Miss has done over the last 25 years. There's been 18 bowl appearances. There's been 22 winning seasons. And Southern Miss is not used to mediocrity or below 500 at all. And it all starts with that opener. So if I had to pick who's probably under the most pressure, even though this is a home game for the Jags, I would say it would probably be steered a little more towards Will Hall and that fan base at Southern Miss. As you've been uh, looking at the matchups, talk talk some X's and O's. What do you think on both sides for Southern Miss and for South Alabama keys uh, to victory this weekend? Well, South Alabama's defensive line has experience and it has depth. How good are they? That would be an answer. They lost Jamie Sheriff defensively. That was a big part of the defensive front and, and some experience expected to have because Southern Miss up front has a veteran offensive line that has played a multitude of positions across the front and have over 100 combined starts between just three of them. Uh, I I think controlling the line of scrimmage, and if Southern Miss is able with the run game and Frank Gore Jr. at the snap be able to establish a new line of scrimmage three yards downfield and stay on schedule, 
uh, it's it's going to be hard for the defense to get off the field because Will Hall's offense is designed to be on schedule. He's not looking for chunk plays. Look at how much he ran the ball, even though he loved to throw it in high school and knows how to design an offense around it. If he's got the tools, he'll run it down your throat and he'll do it with success, just like he did with the Green Wave. Fascinating to hear that uh, you and uh, Coach Hall go back to your North Alabama days. Uh, our, our new strength coach here was also the former strength coach at South Alabama. We've got a very prominent uh, celebrity member of our community, and- Gary Grubbs, who played football at Southern Miss, went on to be a really successful uh, movie and TV actor. And his son is on the Alabama, uh, South Alabama staff. So the so the uh, the intertwining is just almost unlimited between uh, these two programs, JD. Oh, so that so that would be Logan's dad. That's correct. Which I did not know. And then right. Lance Ancar played with Will Hall at North right. Alabama. Right. He I, was the center. Right. Right. Correct. And uh, played a little arena football after that. Yes, that's correct. We've had him on the show. I had a chance to meet him this summer and spend an afternoon with him. A fantastic guy. And, uh, yeah, he, he was a big-time player himself, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, super dude. And I think I remember he was in New Orleans playing uh, – from New Orleans when he was playing at UNA when Katrina hit. And I remember asking and being worried about his family, and, and he was as well, while playing up in Florence, Alabama. And, you know, they were okay then, and he is just a great father, husband, and a great addition to uh, – Southern Miss, absolutely, for the athletic department. Well, I don't think there could be more storylines in an opening football game than uh, what we see between South Alabama and Southern Miss. We're really looking forward to it. I know you are, and your fan base is looking forward to it as well. And uh, JD, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time uh, to come on the Eagle Hour today to reschedule uh, earlier in the week. And uh, we hope you guys have a great season, and uh, we're grateful to you for your time today. Glad to do it. We'll see you Saturday. All right, J.D. Byers, everybody, is the play-by-play voice for South Alabama. He'll be doing the ESPN broadcast uh, Saturday night, uh, Luke, on TV. And uh, you're right, he's a, he's a first-class play-by-play guy. I'm sure he'll do a great job there. Yeah, that, that's always exciting to be able to, to, to talk to guys. And he has been watching the game for a long time. And uh, it's, it's just interesting to hear his, his take on the Southern Miss side. I, I think that it's spot on. Uh, Southern Miss's offensive line has got to dominate in, in order for us to see that Will Hall offense do what it's been scripted to do. So appreciate JD's time today. All right, Patrick McGee returns to the Eagle Hour. He's, I uh, believe, live in New Orleans. We're going to find out momentarily. Stay with us. More from the Eagle Hour. Also, some uh, comments from a press conference today that Coach Hall had. It's all coming your way right here on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. We appreciate J.D. Byers from South Alabama joining us in those first two segments, getting the South Alabama scoop inside of the game coming up in just a little over three days. Excited to have the Golden Eagles open up the Will Hall era. And it will happen Thursday or uh, Saturday night at uh, 7 p.m. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 
4th Street in Hattiesburg, they might have the UAB game on tonight. UAB opens uh, their season tonight at Jacksonville State, or actually against Jacksonville State at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. That game at 6.30 p.m. There'll be baseball on, college football on, always something to do at a 4th Street Bar and Grill. It was chicken fried chicken and country fried steak Wednesday. Should be pork chop Thursday and Bob Getty catfish Friday, all for eight ninety five at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Patrick McGee returning to the Eagle Hour. And, and Patrick, uh, so, so you move to New Orleans, you get a new place, uh, you, you got a, a brand new job, and then Hurricane Ida comes. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not fully moved to New Orleans yet. I uh, went over. I didn't get my keys until Friday, and I spent a good eight hours in my uh, new apartment. Then I evacuated. Uh, so uh, I've been up in Madison since last, uh, uh, up until last night. I got back to Ocean Springs. Thankfully, it's pretty much untouched here. Uh, but I've got this apartment in Ocean Springs through the end of September. So. I've, <laughs> there are people in a lot worse shape than I am that don't have power at all and are trying to ride this out. So uh, all things told, I've kind of made it through the storm pretty lucky. I've told, been told my apartment in, in New Orleans is, is pretty much good to go, no, no real issues, no damage, uh, all dry and high and dry. So I, uh, all things considered, I can't complain too much. So, Patrick, what you're saying is you newspaper guys make so much money, you actually have three homes? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I've, I've impressed a couple of, uh, of women here, ladies. Oh yeah, I go to my Ocean Springs yeah. apartment and my New Orleans apartment. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm just rotating between the two. Yeah, exactly. Very, yeah. very soon they will not be apartments; they will be condos, and then they will be penthouses, and that will be. <laughs> everyone will want a job with uh, with Nola.com, Patrick. But anyway, um, thankful you're good. Thankful uh, your your place is good. Let, let's talk uh, Saints just for a second. So what's been the, the general reaction in the NOLA area to uh, Jameis Winston being named the, the starting quarterback? Well, I, th- you know, I think nobody was really surprised after watching the most recent uh, uh, preseason game on how he played and, and how the receivers really look without Michael Thomas on the field. Uh, I think it kind of played out as expected. Taysom Hill, you know, you hope he can kind of settle back into his uh, utility role, but he lost some weight to try to – Become quarterback, so he's a little bit different looking player right now. So, but Jameis Winston did look good in the preseason. We'll see how that plays out going into to week one, and if he can be consistent and avoid interceptions. But I think everybody uh, as a whole is pretty excited that uh, what Winston's been able to do in terms of throwing the ball downfield and being pretty accurate. Uh, I, you know, there's there's that chance. There is that chance that Jameis Winston can put together a special season. Nobody's. You know, it's it's it is a real possibility. As good as he's looked, and uh, we all know he's got the talent and the capabilities, and in the system, uh, you hope Sean Payton can kind of really maximize what uh, what he can do. Uh, so, do you do you feel like last question yeah, on this for me? Do do you feel like? That the Saints will now have obviously they're going to have a downfield threat. We saw that when they were hitting hit Callaway early and often. But do you think that Sean Payton will be able to you know extend this kind of short yardage offense into the fifteen to twenty yard range in order to build around Winston's arm, but not to force him into making bad decisions? I don't think we'll necessarily see that in the first few weeks uh, with the receiving core a little bit hampered. Uh, Thomas not out there, and Traquan Smith working his way back. 
Uh, yeah, Marquez Callaway's looked good, but he's looked like far and away the best receiver they have. So I don't, I don't think they'll come out, you know, guns a blazing right away, uh, just because they have certain limitations through the first few weeks. But they can certainly still win football games uh, and, and get the ball downfield. Uh, they, I don't think we'll really see the best out of this offense until week uh, six or seven or even eight. Uh, but if they can play defense and uh, and, and and really just kind of score the ball. Uh, enough, they're going to win games. But it's the, there's going to be some uncertainty through the first few weeks uh, is, is the best way I can put it, just, just based on suspensions and injuries. Uh, Patrick, no, no team has a, a more passionate fan base than the New Orleans Saints, and unfortunately they're not going to be able to watch their team play at home for how long? Uh, it could be as long as, you know, a month. Uh, you know, they go on the road, uh, I guess, in weeks two and three. Uh, then they have the home game, and, and they're hoping they can kind of be back by then. And that, it, you, I would think that's a strong possibility uh, that they only have to really play one game, one home game away from the dome. Uh, they'll be in Jacksonville for the uh, Packers game, which I'm, I think they're probably a little bit less than pleased with. They would have probably rather stayed in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but I think the NFL is pretty adamant that they want games played in NFL facilities. And uh, this was the one that probably made the most sense in terms of being regional, somewhat. Uh, and not a bad trip. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit, but you know, if the if things play out as I expect them to, I think this may be the only game that they have to play away from the dome. Now, I suggested to you and Luke that since they're playing the Packers, they should just go to Green Bay and play. And both of you, you both poo pooed that idea right out of the gate. Yeah, the, 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 for a lot of people who follow the Saints for a long time, they go back to uh, <laughs> after Katrina. <laughs> Uh, when they had to play that first game in, in, at the Giants, which that was a different situation, uh, I guess that was the that was just the really five or six days removed from Katrina. They've obviously got a, uh, more time between the arrival of Ida and that season opener, so there was a little bit more flexibility to it this time around. All right, Patrick. Uh, the minutes that we have left, I know you have a new a new gig now. But uh, your your thoughts about Southern Miss and South Alabama? You know, we talked to the play by play guy for South Al earlier in the show, and he said he thought more pressure would be on Will Hall and the Southern Miss staff than it would be South Alabama and their new coach. What do you think about that? Nah, I, I mean, I don't really buy that idea. I think both. You know, they're it's both first first year staffs. Uh, you know, I, I don't expect much else South Alabama. I think the ceiling's a little bit higher for Southern Miss this season, uh, just with everything that Will Hall's got to work with. I would think I'm not an expert on South Alabama. I would have been breaking them down the last two or three weeks. If I was still covering Southern Miss, I don't know much about them. But in terms of who's facing more pressure, I don't really buy that. I think it's really an equal situation. I think if anything, Will Hall, you know, he's right that you know at Southern Miss, this is a game that Southern Miss fans expect them to win after losing in Hattiesburg a year ago. That that was – you can't really underestimate how much of a blow, ego blow and really disappointment that was for Southern Miss to lose that game, the first one you ever played against South Alabama. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's that expectation that Southern Miss wins, but in terms of pressure, it's first-year staff both ways. Yeah, I take that first game, and, and both you guys can comment on this. Uh, it reminded me of a couple of years earlier when Louisiana Monroe came to Hattiesburg and beat the Golden Eagles. Those were comparable losses, right, Patrick? Not not even even in the era uh, of the post great Southern Miss teams, and and mm-hmm. maybe you realize you, you, the team is not what it was then. Uh, but still, the, those are two games that Southern Miss should always win. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the standard Southern Miss. Uh, you don't lose to Monroe, and you certainly don't lose to South Alabama. Uh, it, I, that really, that Monroe game was a pivotal moment for Jay Hobson uh, at Southern Miss. It, you just, it, it's just, it was just mediocrity <laughs> right. from there on out. I mean, that's all it ever was. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the South Alabama game and the Monroe games, losing those both in Hattiesburg were just were really kind of punches in the gut. Right. All right, Patrick, I know a lot of our listening audience uh, loved reading you and uh, and your coverage of Southern Miss. Talk for us uh, in the last 90 seconds we've got left about your new gig, what you're doing, and if, and if people do want to read uh, stuff that you're putting out, how they can find you. Well, they can, you know, if they want to follow me on Twitter, they can always catch my stuff there. I'm, I'm obviously writing fewer items than I did at the Sun Herald. I'm in more of an editor's role now, kind of offering support on headlines and you know, stories and getting stuff out on social media and really kind of uh, 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 controlling what what appears on uh, NOLA.com in terms of how things appear on the website. So uh, my focus is mainly on the digital side, but there will be little items I write here and there to kind of help out. Uh, and there will be stories I find and find worth writing. Uh, but it's still selling in the last few four or five days. I've been worried about a hurricane. Right. It, uh, so it, it's still kind of an adjustment phase for me at the moment. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still selling in, but, I, you know, you, they'll see more writing from me in the future as it pertains to, say, the Saints or LSU. Well, good deal. We're glad to have you back, and uh, we're, we're happy for you and your new place down there in uh, the Big Easy. I just hope you get to move pretty soon and get some lights you can turn on, Patrick. Yes, that's that's the goal. The, I've got to get those movers lined up just so I can get a, a date figured out. But yeah, I look forward to talking to you all in the future. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody, now with uh, the NOLA.com website, part of the Times-Picayune, and uh, what a great guy. Glad, glad to have him back on the show. Okay, Luke, uh, we have filled out tomorrow's show. I have been in communication with uh, Gary Grubbs uh, while we were talking to Patrick, actually. And Gary will be here for the last two segments of the show tomorrow. And uh, we'll look forward to having uh, the famous, you can say that, the famous Gary Grubbs right here on the Eagle Hour with us tomorrow. We got to ask him who he's for because right. Logan is the uh, the the director of football operations, longtime friend of Kane, and put the heat on Gary tomorrow. Make him pick. <laughs> All right, we've got some comments from uh, the new head football coach at Southern Miss. Stick around if you want to hear that. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment brought to you by our good friends, DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. DBAT Hattiesburg is the website. They're on Hardy Street and maybe got maybe a day, two days to sign up for that Labor Day camp. Might already be full, but check it out. DBATHattiesburg.com Great opportunity to get great instruction for your kids in, uh, in the sports they love. DBAT, D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob closing it out on this Wednesday. 
Football coming up uh, tomorrow night. Northeast comes in to face Jones College. That broadcast will be live right after Lane Kiffin's uh, foot, football sh- or call-in show, coaches show at, at seven o'clock. Uh, I'll be on the call with Mark Easley um, from Sim Cooley Stadium and uh, Bobcat Field in Ellisville, Mississippi. And then a Friday, of course, on Super Talk Hattiesburg. Caleb Hamill at 645 going live from Columbia Academy where PCS takes on uh, Columbia Academy. I'll be at West Jones as Northeast Jones comes across. Will Hall talking to uh, the media. This was yesterday right after practice and kind of talking about where the team is um, from the mental state. Uh, here's a good quote from Coach Hall. And it's a competition issue. Yeah, I think our team is really close. I think Coach Ancar and Mitchell Williams and Reed Stringer have done a phenomenal job helping uh, ingrain the culture. But we understand that every day is not going to be a good day. You know, we're not sitting around here holding hands, singing kumbaya. We're pushing each other to be better and demanding a lot out of each other. But at the same time, everybody understands the expectation level and how we're trying to push them to be a great man and also be the best football player they could possibly be. And uh, so I, I, I really like our team where it's at as far as from a mental standpoint. Bob, we're not going. We're not sitting around uh, holding hands and, and singing "Kumbaya." That's a classic Will Hall quote. If there's ever been one. headline of the day. And then uh, here's Coach Hall talking about uh, Kane Womack and the respect he has for him as a head coach. Before, yeah, yeah. So Kane's always been really good on defense. That's why he got a head job. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, sharp coach. Uh, you know, I think their motto swarm D. You know, so they're going to be swarming around, flying to the football. Uh, a lot of pressures. Always has been. And uh, he also hired Corey Batoon as his D coordinator. Corey's well respected. I don't know Corey directly, but I know a lot of friends that are his friends as well. They think a lot of him. So you know, Corey and Kane together, very formidable. They'll be a tremendous. Challenge. And then Coach Hall talking about his own uh, defensive coordinator, the young Austin Armstrong, who he is expecting great things out of. Yeah, Coach Armstrong, first off, like I've said before, phenomenal teacher in person. That's why I hired him, the way he impacts others around him, and then his ability to teach. Uh, he's one of the best teachers on Southern Mrs. Campus. It doesn't matter what building you're in, from the Dove Center to the Siana <laughs> building, over here to Polymer Science Hall. He's a phenomenal. I'll put him up against anybody as a teacher. Uh, tremendously knowledgeable guy that's highly intelligent and uh, got a bright, bright future, and I'm glad he's with us. And He puts every ounce of everything he's got. I think I saw the tweet on the day the hurricane hit when they said they were locking down the Duff Center and had done the final recommendations. If you go back and look at that picture, there was a gray uh, four-door car out in front. That was his. Like, come hurricane or not, he was right up here working. Austin Armstrong getting it done during the hurricane. I tell you what. I love me some Will Hall. I, I just could sit there and listen to him talk. You feel like it's a guy that that loves uh, what he's doing. He he loves where he's at, and then he above everything, uh, Bob. Uh, he he loves football. No question, and I can just envision some of those stuffed shirt professors on the campus. What did he say about the best teacher on the campus is a football coach? <laughs> yeah, how do you not like that? How do you not like that? Oh, great. I tell you what, Good man, stuff, his enthusiasm, uh, uh, Luke, is, is uh, as we've talked before, contagious, as is the entire football staff. And it's just a it's a new day, and, and I'm going to tell you, irregardless of uh, the outcome Saturday night, which I think is going to be favorable, it's it, it, there's reason for every Southern Miss football fan uh, to be really geared up and excited. 
And what J.D. said, I mean, Southern Miss bought out their allotment, and, and apparently South Alabama sold more tickets. I know um, I've got I've got mine, my, my dad has his, and I expect to see a lot of gold and, and black and gold in the stands on, on uh, Saturday night. Reminder, UAB tonight, we didn't, I don't think we told you earlier in the week, UTEP uh, won this past weekend, so a Conference USA opening uh, the season with a win. They they blew out New Mexico State 32-3. UAB a 16-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against Jackson. Jacksonville State at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. That game is is on uh, the mothership. It's on uh, it's on ESPN. So if you want to watch some some Conference USA, the Eagles will take on UAB in mid October, and so an opportunity to to see the Blazers and what Bill Clark is going to throw out there. So Conference USA on ESPN tonight, kickoff at six thirty. Central time. That's right. Two great shows coming up the rest of the week. Tomorrow we're going to have basketball coach Jay Ladner and actor and producer and former football player Gary Grubbs is going to be here with us uh, on the program tomorrow. His son now on the South Alabama football staff. And then Friday, Luke and I will be previewing, obviously, the South Alabama game. And we've got a great extended, very personal interview with head baseball coach Scott Berry uh, lined up for you. We'll be talking about Scott Berry's life as uh, as opposed to Scott Berry's baseball team. Uh, I think it's just going to be fantastic to have that conversation with Coach Berry. But tomorrow, you Jay can. Ladner and Gary Grubbs. Go ahead, Luke. You can you can ask Coach how he's going to spend that that new billion dollar extension he signed. I'm, there we I'm go. Sure he already knows where every cent's going to go. <laughs> there we go. All right, uh, back tomorrow at one o'clock. We hope you'll join us. We think it's going to be a great show. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.